Hello, and welcome to a new podcast from The Lancet Neurology. I'm Gavin Cleaver. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Keith Josephs, the author of a new paper looking at the link between a protein recently linked to Alzheimer's disease and hippocampal atrophy. Professor Josephs, please will you introduce yourself? Yes, hi. I am uh, Professor Keith Josephs, and I'm, I am a part of the uh, neurodegenerative uh, research group here at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, in the United States. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Professor Josephs. So, to start off then, why did you decide to look at the association between TDP43 and hippocampal volume? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, TDP, the TDP43 story, i.e. TDP43 being associated with neurodegenerative diseases, was first discovered about um, 11 or so years ago in 2006. About two years after that, in 2008, I actually um, did a small study using some pilot data, about 80 or so cases, and back then, I was beginning to see some evidence that this protein, TDP43, may be associated with smaller hippocampal volumes. The problem is that the sample size was really small, and then there was another pathology known as hippocampal sclerosis that I really could not, I, I could not adjust for in the analysis, again, because of the sample size. So it wasn't entirely clear, but even going back to 2008, there was some evidence that, that, this, that in Alzheimer's disease, this protein may have been um, associated with, with small hippocampal volumes. Now, I followed up that study actually in 2012 with another somewhat similar study where I showed how TDP43 may be spreading across the brain in patients with Alzheimer's disease. And what I realized was the areas that I had actually sampled four years earlier, there was one area that I did not sample, but was in fact the, the area that was involved first, the amygdala. So then um, in a larger sample size in a third study in 2014, uh, we had about uh, 350 cases or so. We sampled the amygdala, the hippocampus, and about 14 different regions in the brain for this protein TDP43. Because we had a bigger sample size at that time, I was now able to adjust for hippocampal sclerosis. And it was, it was obvious, it was evident at that time that cross-sectionally, the presence of this protein, TDP43, was clearly associated with smaller hippocampal volumes, at least at the time of death, or closer to the time of death. In this study now, that's been reported in Lancet Neurology, the question was asked whether the presence of this protein in the hippocampus was associated with faster rates of atrophy over time. So now we're not just looking at one time point, we're looking at multiple time points, um, um, in fact, up to 11 years in some individuals. And, and, and so, um, but that's the background as to why in this study we decided to look at whether TDP in the hippocampus was associated with faster rates of atrophy of the hippocampus in patients with Alzheimer's disease. All right, so you've got your suspicions about this association. So tell us a little bit about how you went about investigating this association. Right, so, so in this study what we did was we, um, we identified, uh, boy, almost 500 patients who had died and had um, an Alzheimer's spectrum diagnosis pathologically. And we wanted to, we, we, we also wanted to find patients or participants who not only had died, but had performed at least one MRI scan before they died. In fact, so we, we, we identified these patients. We found about, uh, I think, close to 500 um, who um, had about, um, 
who, who who had died, and then we found about 300 of those who had at least one MRI scan. Now, some had multiple scans, so for this study, we had about 817 MRI scans to work with. And basically, we did, we did a lot of things, but I think the two major components of the study are one, we went to these brains and we assessed for the presence of TDP43. We looked for it in the amygdala, we looked for it spreading to the hippocampus, and, 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 we, and then we also determined cases that had no TDP43 in their brain whatsoever. So we had at one end the, 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 the pathological um, diagnosis, or not diagnosis, but the, 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 the presence of this protein pathologically. And the other arm of the study was we then needed to calculate rate of, of atrophy. And that was a little complicated. Um, and we used two different techniques, free surfer and something known as tensor-based morphometry. And basically what that does is it assesses, it looks at the volume at, say, uh, 10 years before death, nine years before death, eight years before death, et cetera, five years before death, one year before death, and it looks at the volume, and then it calculates a, a rate, so how much of this volume is being lost each year. And then the statistics were thrown into the, in, into the mix, uh, being utilized. We use this, this, um, um, this technique called mixed effects models to, to look for an association between this rate of atrophy that was occurring before the patient died and the presence of this protein TDP43 after the patient had died. So tell us a little bit about what you found. Is it fair to suggest a link between TDP43 and hippocampal atrophy? We have known for, for decades that, that Alzheimer's disease patients show memory loss. We all know this. But we also know that over time the hippocampus shrinks but what was unusual is that two other studies had looked for um, an association between this, this atrophy over time and two other proteins, tau and beta amyloid. And I was quite surprised that neither proteins was associated with atrophy of the hippocampus. So basically, the two main proteins in Alzheimer's disease did not show an association with the shrinkage of this, of, of, of this important area of the brain in Alzheimer's. In this study, what we found was a striking association between the presence of this protein in the hippocampus, means once the protein gets to the hippocampus, it seems to be associated with, with this faster rate of atrophy, meaning that this, this, this memory-associated area of the brain shrinks at a faster rate over time when the protein is, is in the hippocampus compared to when the protein is not in the hippocampus. More importantly, probably, is that we were able to detect a difference 10 years before the patient actually died. So we saw a divergence of curves in that the ones, the patient group, sorry, that had TDP43 started to show this faster rate of atrophy 10 years before the patient had actually died. So this is the first time a protein has actually been linked, a pathological protein has actually been linked to a faster rate of, of hippocampal atrophy in patients with Alzheimer's disease. We did not find this, though, in patients who were normal or had a low likelihood of having Alzheimer's disease, whether that's because of a smaller sample size in those patients or whether this protein behaves differently in Alzheimer's disease remains to be determined. And so what are your next steps? Where do you go from here after this study? Well, they're, they're, different, they're, they're different things. There's a small study that, that, that we would like to do, and that is we would like to know what region or regions of the hippocampus 
are actually shrinking. So we, we know the entire, we, can, we measure the whole hippocampus for this study, but, but, but what about the different sections in the CA1 region, the subiculum, the CA2, the dentate? We're not sure. So we want to know which region it is that's actually shrinking. But more importantly, this is something that I have been working on for 10 years, is to actually model what's happening in the brain in terms of hippocampus and other structures and even the whole brain in relation to these four major proteins that, that we know um, are associated with Alzheimer's disease, tau, beta amyloid, TDP43, and alpha-synuclein. So how are these four proteins interacting with each other? This is going to be an extremely complicated study, but how are these proteins interacting with each other in terms of generating and causing or being associated with this faster rate of decline? Does one protein trigger another? Do two proteins work together? Do all proteins work together? How exactly do we put it together? So we have the pieces of the puzzle, and we're trying to put this puzzle together, and that's going to be the next big step um, in terms of uh, my research lab, uh, taking on another challenge. Well, fascinating, and what an advance. Well, Professor Joseph, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, th thank you very much. I appreciate it.